And look before you love. Part two. The first step onto the street asphalt came easier than she expected. A sense of such a strange displacement shifted away into her consciousness as he guided her with just an inch between them. They ambled, contrary to the slowing rustle of the wind, and it caught Marcia off guard. The clouds above relaxed into thin streaks of smoke after such a show of stewing for a storm above the waters. This was rather normal, as she was used to the conspiracies of inconvenient weather. But those same clouds sent a particular humidity that felt like a touch of dewy dove's feather down when they stretched and yawned, passive to little lives below. Still... They loved to share the sky with the sunlight, and the contrast was so severe it made the street dazzle in a heavenly golden glow, as far as the eye could see. The memories all flashed like a broken projector spinning its last go, hanging from a stranger's hands, the water under not caring for a second that her mother first taught her to swim in its currents long before the day it dragged her under, that time she struck two men and drowned them in its muddy overflow because they thought she wouldn't if they did not bring their part of the bargain. If she would have woken today with the goal to survive, as often she was so blasé about it, she wondered if it would have changed fate. Like how Mother believed her husband would save her when he was on the other side of the falls conducting business, even on a family staycation as her foot caught on something in the dead center of an unforgiving current. The man on the ambulance said if only Mother's muscles weren't so weak, she could have pushed herself up. She did not have a chance then or ever. Everything Tio touched, the younger brother to her father, turned into curdled and useless Mar. Marcia's own fate weaved and walked in checkered black and white converse, and she thought perhaps this luck was an anomaly in her life since her family never had any of it. Ghosts of leaves she could see, up on the trees danced in a surreal aura over the flyaways of his curling hair. She could see the small freckles on his cheeks as he led on ahead, his mouth moving but her not hearing. He, too oblivious to her feet, forgetting to follow each step of his from time to time. Awareness of each handmade stitch and hook of the hand-me-down top she wore filled her mind with sunshine, as brilliant as the gentle crinkles around his smile. 
all her young blood compiled into a rush between her ears, but the tender kiss of age and an air of conquering anything clung to his shoulders. It was as if anything that affected anyone just rolled off his shoulder if he didn't care for it. That he had his solid voice that could command his future. But still, here he was, caring rather deeply about strangers he saved in a land foreign to him. The scent of an old and oddly familiar smoky sharpness drifted from his clothes, Wrapped in the scent of Mama Valentina's vanilla cream filling escaping from tourists holding the door open with overfull boxes of sweet treats. A million and one emotions circled around her like an unseen fairy ring to take her back to the past again, when she would swing from the trees on the holidays and her oldest sister, Isadora, would catch her both finally screaming in joy in a time when Mama was still alive in Marcia's frizzy hair and charmingly imperfect teeth. He spoke of something in America, but Marcia couldn't focus beyond the erratic scratch in her throat as she wanted to scream and dance like the fairies in the storybooks, but with him this time. Like she was on some high beyond what all the cartel's treasures buried under the house she grew up in could bring. Chasing a happiness deeper than sisters at play and curling it into entangling together in bed. That was what she felt. The ambush of wild thoughts halted when she heard motorcycle come from his lips. He said he rode a motorcycle over. Hope you don't mind and slipped his helmet over her head. Marcia blinked fast as she did double takes around them. When had they gotten so far? They passed the treasure spots she planned to mention, the ones only natives could share. But she remembered, at quite the inopportune moment, a quote she'd heard from ages ago. To marry the man with cold hands, for he could be nothing besides sincere, like the honesty of hidden views tucked inside old towns, crawling with rust and spider's webs, but always a cozy chair and a gaslight to smoke by. He didn't mean to take her hand as he pointed down the street toward the path they would take to Dineda de Café, but she did. She knew her sisters would not be proud of this part as she turned his hand over and ran a finger over his palm to find that hidden part of him she could adore even more. But it was imperative to know. The serenity in his voice stopped, replaced by a rational and adult tone. What are you doing? In all truth, she did not know. But she looked up to him as if she did with that childish smile that would fool all her sister's men into giving her just one more special cigarette or else. I just don't understand how you could have seen it with such perfect timing. It's... I don't understand. But oh, he did have such delicious cold hands. He stood up a little straighter. Again that quiet confidence soaking the physics around him. Sometimes the right people just come into your life at the right time. 
I don't know your life, your beliefs, or why you look so much older than I know you are, but I will say I'm starving and would love to have lunch with you. Marcia felt her shoulders shrieking at the weight of his helmet as she last rejoined the present, but a stronger concern lingered over his lack of one as she let his hand go, and he reached for the black lump over his seat. Where's yours? she asked, tapping it, while he slipped on the lump that was a black leather jacket with some glitter symbols. Red, violet, blue, yellow. They must have meant something but to her, unversed in what must have been alternatives menswear in the States. It was what appeared to be an old jacket, yet pristine nonetheless. She could see the subtle corrections done to some old leather spots, for her father had that convenient failing tailor's shop where he, at times, did actual work. He smiled wickedly as he took his seat and prepared to rev the thing back to life. I think it's my turn to be reckless now. She didn't know what to do as she approached the seat because all her brain could do was flash anticipation for more. Touch him, breathe him, hide in his skin. Back or front? She'd seen this scene so many times in the big films, but he took her hand and pulled her to the back. Her tummy crawled with tingles as he took her hands and wrapped her arms around his waist. You have to hold on tight. Si, Misol, she said into his ear at a barely appropriate distance while he pushed the motorcycle off the curb and into the decent traffic. What? he shouted over the rumbling old cars. She swallowed the blushing giggles before they could escape and ruffled his lovely red hair. You're crazy, he yelled, laughing. <laughs> Don't let go, little chica. The look she gave him after he turned away would have told him that she would love him forever. Thank you for listening to the Love and Stories podcast, and be sure to follow as part three of... And Look Before You Love continues next. Links to more content and other resources are always in each episode description.